TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 357, and I am Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Yi Sun, and I'm a costume designer and a television enthusiast. Hi, I'm Greg, and I'm just a guy who watches TV from St. Louis. Hi, I'm David. I'm an assistant editor in post-production at uh, NBC Universal. Yay! Very nice credentials, David. Love it. All right. Yeah, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm allowed to do that or whatever, but oh well. <laughs> you can say what your job is. It's fine. All right, let's start. Let's start but off. The opinions expressed by me are not necessarily those represented by the <laughs> There you go. <laughs> nice Just disclaimer. All right, uh, let's start off with the news. Uh, first up, we have that the Dark Tower series. They have now gone on record saying it's going to be a complete reboot and have absolutely nothing to do with the movie because it had not so great performance in the box office. So they're trying to separate themselves from the movie, which means we're not going to get Idris Elba on the TV show. Ah, damn it. Exactly. All of you guys are lame for not going to see the movie. I saw it. I, it wasn't bad. I liked it. I, I did not hate it. I did not hate it either, but now that means we get no Idris Elba on the TV show. Oh, well, it. said that it took forever for them to reveal like the bad guy, and then they just like did it right away in the in, in the uh, on the, the theatrical version, and people got mad about that. That's not true. I read the book. They tell you that yeah. the man you start off following the man in black. You know that that's the bad guy yeah. from page one. So, blah. Anyway, oh, I got bad information. Sorry. Uh, the next piece of news I have. Katie Sackhoff has been cast in The Flash for an unknown number of episodes. Oh, my gosh. Yawn. What? Yawn for Katie or yawn for The Flash? No, not yawn for The Flash, yawn for Katie Sackhoff. What? I never never really liked her at Starbucks. I really didn't. I know. This is me gasping. I know. All right. Now I'm all sad. Um, mm. The last piece of news, which I'm not, re- I'm not sure if I actually reported here or not, but it showed up as a new news item, so I'm going to report it as new news. Magnum PI got a reboot and will be airing on CBS. For all the people who love the new reboot of MacGyver, because it's by the same people. No, it's by the people who did Hawaii Five O. So the producers of, of Hawaii Five O are doing Magnum PI because they insist I'm- on filming in Hawaii. Yes, nobody wants to leave the island. At the yes. project, whether it be whether it be Lost or 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 Hawaii Five O or you know Magnum PI, they want to stay in Hawaii. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just who the heck are you going to cast to be another Tom Selleck? Who cares? <laughs> you Bring are so boat. enthusiastic about boat. television. I don't know what to do with you, you son. <laughs> All right. Well, bring something that I'm going to be excited about. Uh, that's a valid point. All right. Uh, let's start off with... Uh, I think the guy who plays Lucifer will be a good choice. but Except if he has a job. He's already cast. Yes, exactly. 
All right, let's start off with uh, the TV shows. First up, we're going to talk about Star Trek. This was episode five, and this one was sees the captain captured by the Klingons, and we see Saru in command. And yeah. Greg, what did you think? Was he a good captain? Um, yeah, I thought I thought Saru um, did a good job. He he really did things by the book. Um, As that, he, does that make a good captain if you do stuff by the book? Well, I think so. I mean, we don't always want these rogue captains. I mean, that seems to be what, you know, Star Trek likes to, you know, kind of kind of promote. It's like, oh, well, we've got all these regulations, but I'm going to ignore them for this episode so that, you know, you'll remember me as a character. And uh, I think it was kind of refreshing to have, you know, a first officer step into the role of captain and kind of follow things by the book. Although I was about to say, I sort of disagree with you, but can keep going. Although. Yeah, but I was going to say, although um, uh, I think that um, I, I think he kind of overstepped himself. I, I'm not really sure what the words are with regards to, you know, kind of really ignoring the advice of the people around him. Right. Uh, uh, with regards to the uh, the creature that, you know, get, allows them to, you know, twist across. It's really like twisting across the universe, I guess, is what we're going to call it. Well, yeah. Um, because, I mean, the whole point of the captain is you have experts in these positions. So when you ask them a question and they give you an, they give you the information, you're supposed to be able to make decisions based on that information. And Saru got stuck in his head that he was just going to do one action to the point of not listening to his crew. And he actually be, kind of became a bully towards the end. I know you're saying he's followed the letter of, of the law or whatever, but he allowed fear to dictate his actions, not regulations. Well, I don't know if it was fear. I think it was just he was driven. I mean, he just came from a ship where the first officer took matters into her own hands, and as a result, they lost their captain. And right. so he was doing everything he could to get his captain back. I get that, but that's still motivated by fear. His fear was that he was going to allow his captain to die to the point of, not listening to the people around him telling him information that he needed to account for. And to me, that makes a bad captain. So I actually think he did a poor job versus a mm. good job. Um, yeah. And he became and, a, and like I said, he became a bully because when they didn't tell him the information he wanted, he just yelled at them and told them to go to, to do the opposite of what they, I mean, these are scientists that are giving him scientific information. And he's like, I don't care what that says. You do what I want anyway. So that, to me, is not a good captain. So that's my personal opinion. Um, well, all, all in all, he, he, he was the one who was able to use his, his intellect to not blast his own captain out of the sky, by the way, and actually you know, finally get uh, him and uh, whoever this new crewman is. Right. Uh, who apparently is going to play uh, some role in the next few episodes. Well, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a permanent cast member now. Before he puts on a red shirt and gets killed. Well, he's, in theory, he's a series regular. <laughs> so he's not technically supposed to be a red shirt. Uh, well, I, bet he's I, I like how they're slowly getting, bringing the crew together, forming the crew. I think that's kind of interesting. But, hey, I mean, you're right. He did make that good killed, call. If the chief security officer got killed, he's going to die. She was not a regular cast member. She was not on the list. What, as... Sharma? Come on. No, no, no. I mean, like, actually, I mean, if, come on. 
I, I meant like in casting. Her name was not ser- under series regular. This new yeah. guy, his name is listed as a series regular. So and that's why I'm have- saying he should not die in the next two episodes. And um, how do you have Go ahead. How do you have the call sheet? It's in the, it's in the Hollywood <laughs> Reporter, dude. It's not like I did a great deal. I didn't break into anybody's account. I just oh. looked on the internet. <laughs> okay, no hacking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, the, the reboot of the Harry Mudd character, and I think we're going to see him again. Yeah, and especially at that point where he's like, you, I will get my revenge. And I was like, oh, he's totally coming back. Uh, one thing I thought was sort of lame, though, uh, was when they go after... Uh, when they're escaping and the Klingon captain chases them and they have this huge fight and Lorca shoots her and like the they stand there and watch half of her face disintegrate and then he doesn't kill her. They're just standing there watching it and then they leave. And I was like, why, why would you do that? Why would you leave an enemy behind like that? Right. Uh, that was just silly. Oh, one thing we've got to talk about is what do you think about Lorca abandoning his ship and, and killing his own crew? Um, well, I, I have a feeling that they're probably going to do some flashbacks to that since they, since they decide to just explain that with dialogue. And maybe it was just that a bunch of people, you know, got to the escape pods, but all of their escape pods were all of them. And then his miraculously survived. I I can't imagine that he, he like set the self-destruct and then left the ship. I mean, that just doesn't sound. I know. That's why I want to know. And your scenario sounds very improbable. That all the escape pods malfunctioned except for his? No, no, not malfunctioned, but as they were, you know, jettisoning from the ship, you know, maybe the Klingons blew them up. No, they said very clearly that he decided to blow up his crew because he didn't want them to be captured. Right. So how could he remotely have blown up his crew while he's in an escape pod? Well, no, he set the self-destruct and then everyone went to the escape pods and then they all died except him. That doesn't sound feasible, or and it doesn't sound like the scenario they described. This it's, is my version of events. Okay, <laughs> your fantasy <laughs> version. Making Lorca a good guy. See, I've now completely convinced that he's a bad guy. Um, or not a very good captain. Uh, or a cow. Because when, after they tell you that story, and then they're escaping from the Klingon ship, and he tells the guy, I'll come right back for you, I was like, he's totally leaving you. Like, I, that story convinced me he's a coward. So I'm well, really interested. I mean, but if he was a coward, I mean, there has to be something else to it. Otherwise, they wouldn't have promoted him to captain. Or there's some other power struggle, something else. I don't know. I want to know more. I do. And they did a really good job of piquing my interest. I have no idea. All right. Well, let's move on. I like this episode. We spent a lot of time with both the captain. We introduced Harry Mudd. And we spent time with Michael Burnham and Saru solidifying their relationship in another complex manner. But what I'm really excited about is next week when we get to see Sarg. So, thumbs up for that for me. All, All right. right. Next up, let's talk about the Fear of the Walking Dead finale, which was a two-hour finale. And apparently I'm the only one on the podcast that bothered to watch it. And not that I blame you guys because Fear of the Walking Dead is pretty lame. But since it's the setup, I wanted to see what the setup was going to be like now that uh, it's pretty much going to be... Uh, uh, Scott Gimple now. I wanted to see what universe he was set up in. Like, what was so, going to be, how it was going to be left. Which is basically 
the crew or the the whole cast split up again. Nobody knows where anybody is. And so now his big deal is he's got to figure out a way how to get everybody back together again in a way that doesn't seem improbable. So I feel like the last EP kind of salted the earth a little bit because I think he was not happy that he got fired. Uh, But everybody was dumb, but they killed off the characters that I wanted dead. One of them in a surprising way. So I but how far, that. how far along the timeline are we into The Walking Dead? So is this timeline now overlapping? Not um, at all. Is Fear now overlapping Walking Dead? Because nope, not even Rick close. Was only, Rick was only in the hospital for like a month or something? Right. This is only three months into the apocalypse, and The Walking Dead is about three to four years into the apocalypse. No, I mean, no, I mean like the beginning of The Walking Dead. Oh, you mean like at what point? When Rick wakes up. Oh, yeah. Rick has woken up at this point. I think Rick has woken up. I think it's more, uh, they're probably at the quarry, the rock quarry right now on The Walking Dead. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so crossover would be good. I've already given my theory of how I think that crossover is going to work. Well, share it with your audience, Lydia. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was like, did I give it last week? Uh, in case I didn't give it last week, because I, now I don't remember, I think that because they're all, they're basically in California, because everybody's heading north, so they're going to end up in California, and I think they're going to start heading east, and Abraham, Eugene, and those guys are headed, uh, I think they're going to end up running into... Abraham, because he's the only cast member of The Walking... Because the whole point is they want the Walking Dead audience to watch Fear. And he's a character that they could legitimately have run into them for a while that the fans love. So, that's my theory. Alright, let's move on. Uh, Next up, I would talk about The Good Doctor. So, uh, Yusin, you haven't talked yet. What do you think about this week's episode that dealt... Uh, Go ahead. I need to say what I think about the whole series first. Uh, quickly, um, please. Okay. Hello. I said quickly, please. Oh yes. Um, I I honestly don't get it. I I don't I don't understand. I mean I I'm not I don't usually frequent boards and look for other people's opinions necessarily. Um, I I spoke to my roommate about it. We'd watched it together. I spoke to some other people. I I don't understand it. It's the number one drama. Thirty three million people. I um I went to boards and I was the early responses were very similar to mine. Like I saw lots of negative reviews. This is people, not, not critics. Um, and I thought, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. The things that I'm thinking and feeling and the things my roommate and I so talked you, about. You're saying you don't like it? It's saccharine. It's, uh, it's uh, like, it's, I, I find it cloying. I find it a little pandering. I feel like uh, it, a lot of the stuff is it's just retreads. You know what I mean? We, you know, the medical stuff is, house meets Grey's Anatomy, you know what I mean? Like, of course, they're going to have a disease of the week or surgery of the week, that's fine. But all the side stories and characters, I, I dislike. Here's here's my big problem. Uh, you know, you have to have the antagonist on the show. I dislike him so much, and I wow. understand we're supposed I'm supposed we're supposed to dislike him, but he has zero redeeming quality for me. And I think are you, which which antagonist I, I, are you referring to? The black you know, doctor, the duck, chief, no, no, or no, his no. teacher? No, his the the teacher, the okay. teacher. Um, I, no, I don't, I actually like the actor, the black actor who plays um, whatever, the, wants to be the president of the hospital, whatever. 
um, I like him and I, I've liked him in a lot of stuff, so that's fine. But uh, and I'm I'm willing to possibly give the 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 um, the chance that it's to me. I, I know you guys will probably have a lot of things to say. It, it, perhaps the writing is so weak, but the guy is such a one note bad character. He's not remotely complex, and the way he plays him again, it could be the writing is just so aggressive. I mean, he just he could wear a black hat and stomp around the show. I, <laughs> I, I just I'm like I don't what you know. And he's a good looking guy, so I mean you know usually there's kind of a nice tension when the guy's like hot, but he's kind of a at, you know, a hole, you know what I mean? Um, so then there's this love hate thing. Like, I don't want to like him, but he's so hot, you know, like something, but there's, there's not that he's definitely a good looking guy. He doesn't seem like he's a terrible actor, but it's so one note, the performance. So then it's kind of stilted for me because I'm not really invested. I think, well, he's just, you know, an idiot. Um, and then I'll finish by saying this. Um, I don't find any of the medical stuff in any way, uh, interesting or different. So now we've just have how a person with autism is going to kind of be dealing with that and then butting heads with a super jerk boss, which I, like I said, it's not compelling because he has no complexity. Um, but then lastly, I have to say, um, I think that Freddie Highmore's acting uh, and his performance is good. So it's, I, I am watching the show every week, but mostly with the hope that it gets better. I, and even, I'm not saying it's a terrible, terrible show, but I really 100% don't understand how it's so popular. That I don't get. It outperformed This Is Us, either last week or the week before. Yeah. I, yeah, it did, by a very slight margin, by like 0 0.1 or 0.3, whatever, but it did. And that to me is unfathomable. That's all. That's what I got to say. Okay, wow. Greg, you want to follow that up? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, my opinion is I, I'm just surprised at how much I'm enjoying the show. I mean, I enjoy, I'm, I'm enjoying the storylines. I'm enjoying kind of, um, I guess the journey of, you know, the main character and, wondering um it kind of reminds me you know because i'm in the computer field and and i've worked with people who do kind of lack that certain uh, ability to uh, interact with human beings um uh, or or have empathy or or um in, in that certain way and so i guess i guess from my point of view i'm i'm kind of seeing as is, is where are they going with, with the main character? Is he going to be able to, as an autistic person, is he going to be able to learn some of the social conventions, uh, fake them or, or uh, use them to his advantage or, um, or, or, or how his character is actually going to develop as, right. as the series continues? I think that it would be unrealistic to have him suddenly just be able to conform. I think that would be weird. Uh, and oh, and by the way, I, I just looked up the ratings. Uh, the Good Doctor got more viewers. They got 10.9 view million viewers versus This Is Us, which got 10.4. But uh, This Is Us beat the crap out of them in the demo, which is what's important. Sure. So well, I wasn't saying. talking about importance. I was literally just talking about sheer numbers. You know what oh, I mean? I'm not okay. selling anything to these people. Do you know okay. what I mean? I don't care. I mean, I was just literally saying eyeballs on the screen. You know yes. what I mean? That's, I'm not an advertiser. True. I'm not trying to sell stuff to people. Okay. But I mean, it just matters about whether, like, which one. They, they only really care what the demo is, which is uh, The Good Doctor got a 2.1 and This Is Us got a 2.8. So they're still the king. All right. Um, 
but I, I think that that uh, his uh, his his not his teacher, but the basically his mentor trying to get him a aid. I think that would be interesting, and I think that would actually be good for him because he does have a lot more pressure on him in the big city than he ever had before. So I think that's a good idea. He, of course, doesn't think that's a good idea, but I, I do want to see where that's going. Um, but I'm enjoying the show. I'm not. I understand your point about the the surgeon that's supposed to be teaching him being a jerk, and I don't understand why he has a girlfriend that likes him. Like I like he does stuff mm-hmm. that I think make him so unlikable yeah i agree i think as far as character development goes i think that the teacher doctor actually has the potential to be the one that changes so that could be interesting well i kind of i i agree to some extent with both uh or with uh uh, both your son and greg's uh analysis i think that it's i don't know if reductive is the right word it's it's a it's a consolidation of a lot of other things i mean it was it's the creator of house that you know, David Shore created this show, so there's a lot of similarity in terms of the procedural part aspect. Um, and there's some other things that were drawn from other sources, uh, the, the uh, graphics on screen and so forth. Um, it just it gives it some flash, and it does, it does some things that successful shows have done before. So it's not necessarily groundbreaking. The one difference, as Craig, Craig mentioned, is that the character is on a spectrum, the main character, and that is central, I think, to the story. That's what we are going to see the most development in. And it's it's a trend now. There's the show Atypical, which I've watched and I think is pretty good, um, that uh, focuses on ca- characters that are on a spectrum. And um, I think that's worthwhile. And I also think it's kind of politically correct and, and maybe uh, trendy to, to focus on that. But I think that'll be interesting to see how the character develops. I think I saw uh, Freddie Highmore in uh, Finding Neverland a long time ago. and uh, He was fantastic. He was fantastic, and I, I'm yeah. glad to see him continuing to, to do work. And uh, I always love uh, uh, Richard Schiff um, in anything he does. And uh, the other characters are okay. I agree that the uh, Dr. Melendez, I think, the, the, the teacher, um, is a kind of unlikable uh, foil but I think even now we're starting to see him soften a bit. And I think there is a potential journey for him and arc for him to change throughout the show. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's interesting enough to me, uh, especially because of the main character and a couple of the actors that I like to, to, to keep watching it and see what happens. Um, it may not be groundbreaking in any way, but it's uh, it's a decent show. All right. Okay. Then uh, wrapping that one up uh, next up, we're going to talk about the gifted And this week's episode, I liked how they made me think that the dad, and I need to know these people's names, I don't know anyone's names on this show, I really liked how they had the dad be in a situation where he had to choose between trying to save his family and doing the right thing and almost sacrificing another family for his family, and he realized that he couldn't do that. And I I, I mean, they made it believable for me, that he went all the way to, to the point where he knew that he couldn't sacrifice this little kid that was sitting next to him to save his own family. So that was pretty cool. Reed um, is the dad's name. What's his name? Reed? Reed. Reed oh. Strucker. Strucker. Thank you. Uh, so what did you think of this one? <laughs> I, I thought that uh, it was a good... Uh, I, I like the show, and you know, I like the, the 
superhero, supernatural, whatever aspect of the show, as a lot of the shows that I watch. And uh, it sort of reminds me a little bit of, um, what was that show with Michael Chiklis uh, and the family? He had the, the oh, family. Oh, because I was like, The Shield? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what, but it was. Uh, you know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the yeah. whole family like had powers. No, it was, it was a sitcom, right? No, no it wasn't a sitcom. It was a one it was hour? Just, oh. Yeah. It was a show it, that only lasted like eight episodes or something. It wasn't great, but I, this one I like better. This one I think has more potential. It's, you know, Matt Nick's show, which I love Burn Notice. Um, so I'm, I'm a fan of his. And uh, I, uh, and Amy Acker's in it. Uh, you know, it's got some, and Kobe Bell from, from Burn Notice also. Um, I like some of the, the, uh, the actors and I like, you know, so far I like the plot. I like where they're going, and uh, you know it's exciting enough. So I, I like it. I think the main thing for me is you got—they've got to figure out a way to make uh, the underground people more interesting, because I do care about the family and what happens to them, and I actually really care about the girl in prison. Uh, I think yes. she's really yes. interesting, but yep. everybody else, I'm like, blah. Uh, you I some, what are your thoughts? We don't—we don't know um, them well enough yet. That's true. I def yeah I, I yeah there's definitely the family and then the underground and so I think they're you know they might have to trade off I don't know that they can smush all of that into one episode every episode but um, and I have a feeling they'll do that you know they kind of developed they kind of gave it that backstory of how the two of them kind of fell in love which I thought was kind of sweet I don't know if it's this episode or the episode before I can't remember um, but you know the little romancing by the car or something I don't remember but um, I definitely like the show. Um, I found I found the little boy less annoying and I'm hoping going forward, you know, also because, you know, he had growth, his little arc of being the most annoying teenage kid, you know, and then uh, finding his voice or really his power and kind of standing up and stuff. I, I don't love him, but, you know, like I said, it's less annoying. What I really like about the show, besides the fact that, that there's an Asian person on in it, a main character, props to Asian people, um, I'm very... <laughs> I love, I like the action. I really like it. It's very, it's grittier. I also was a fan of Burn Notice. Um, I know that Burn Notice isn't, wasn't a super gritty show, but I feel like the director knows how to handle um, the tension, you know, uh, and it, and even what I'm watching, you know, in terms of what they're giving me, the special effects and stuff, uh, you know, with the portals and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's paced well. I think it's um, action oriented enough. It has a lot of punch there. And I am starting to kind of feel uh, for the family. I will say this, though. Uh, I have to disagree with you a little bit. Um, I, I understand why they did that, you know, the did whole, and, and the, uh, well, I'm about to say, the, you know, the switching sides or having a conscience in the van kind of a thing. Oh, okay. And they left it for the very last moment, which, again, I think is good tension building. Um, but it's a little bit of a trope. It's like the little kid, you know, reminds him of his family or the little kid gives him the conscience and then he decides to, you know, I mean, I saw that a million miles away and I thought, well, whatever, let's play this out. So, uh, and then, but the way they did it was good. They waited till the very last minute, you know, and he just kind of had to make it. So, you know, every week, every show, they can't give me something new. So I accept it. I'm not like, oh, this is so un unoriginal. But I did. So my point is that the way they gave it to me, though, was good. So I, I, I'm fine with it. And I definitely like the show. It's definitely something I look forward to on the on the DVR. I'm kind of like, oh, great. Gifted. Let's watch it. You know what I mean? All right. Yeah. I think oh, that it's uh, sorry. I just want to interject that, that I think the you know, you're right that there's there are a lot of tropes. There are a lot of things that are expected. And mm -hmm. but it's really hard to come up with twists that are unexpected, I, I think. Yeah, I agree. And, That's what I was saying. Yeah. And I and I, you know, when he when he was 
cooperating, it was like, well, you know he's going to turn around and not cooperate at some point. He can't go all the way because then he'd be a bad guy, and he's not a bad guy. So you got to figure out what it is that's going to turn him over, and that was an obvious choice. Well, although I will say this, and I did say that. I really want to make this distinction. Um, yes, but that's why I accepted it, you know, because I was like, well, they did it well, the tension, and, you know, there was a little bit of, like, when is he going to, you know, flip. Um, but I, I want to respond by saying, but that's what elevates a show to me to that next level, because I think it was, like, the end of season one or season two, sometime in season two, when I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that was when I realized... Oh, I love this show because they did give me twists. I absolutely positively wouldn't guess like when they gave me something. I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. And that would happen several times a season. So absolutely. for me, excuse me. They, yeah, so for, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, they and they those characters switched sides. You thought they were good, then you thought they were bad, then you oh, thought they were good again. That was exactly. Great. That's what I mean. So, so the gifted is good. Don't get me wrong. It's just it hasn't elevated itself to that level where I'm like, oh my god, I don't know what's happening next. I can't wait. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they I have like to it. establish themselves first before sure, they can do. Fair that. enough. And that's fine. Six episodes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about this is us. And this week's episode, we deal a lot with Kevin and his daddy issues and how to deal. Like, we do a lot of flashbacks to see his interactions with his father and what that means. And then the other storyline was a lot to do with Randall and the girl that they adopted and how hard that is. Deja. Deja. Uh, deja, deja vu. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, Greg, what do you think? Oh, well, I, I continue to watch the show, um, and um, at some point I was wondering, okay, how are they going to continue this really, really awesome drama, um, it, you know, especially after Randall's dad, you know, passed away, right. because I thought his his performance was just incredible, and I, I, I just, you know, it, it's it's so much about, you know, people come into your lives, and then, and then you know, they touch your life, and then they, they leave, and so... I guess that's why I connect so much with this show because it, it, it seems so realistic to me and, and how people um, really deal with loss and happiness and, 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 uh, but, but still continue to figure out a way to move on and, and live their lives. So I, I like the, um, in this week's episode, I, I like that they are uh, touching on how each of the, the kids have dealt with um, their dad's passing. Uh, but then also, uh, this new element of Deja coming into uh, Randall and his wife's life. And, and, and it, it's almost like a uh, kind of a modern repeat of, of what, you know, the, the parents did in, in having a, you know, an, another child in, in their lives and, and raising their child. And so I, I love to see the difficulty and, and, uh, and, and how the parents are going through it and, and how each of them is going to, uh, interact with Deja and, and see how Deja's going to develop. Um, oh, we talked about it before about the hair cutting scene, and you were on the side of Deja that she was justified in doing that. Was that right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from my point of view, I mean, you know, she's, you know, it, it was, it was, uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Uh, Randall's wife. Um, you know, blanking. she was. She was doing her hair and she said, oh, it's okay if you want to open up to me because it's just us in the room. And so she kind of tells her about, you know, what's been going on with her and, 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 and her, the spots that she has on her scalp and that sort of thing. And then, you know, and then, and then she discusses that with Randall, but doesn't really tell him that's like, okay, well, we talked about this in confidence or anything, 
And so having, you know, just when Deja is opening uh, or finding herself able to open up to someone, she finds her trust betrayed. And so I completely understand why she rebelled at that point and, and cut her braids off and everything. Although I thought her hair was just as good, you know, after she cut the braids. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, but I also did feel sorry for the mom because she wasn't doing it maliciously. She wasn't like, oh, I'm going to break her confidence and tell her secrets. It's just that in their house, the way it's set up is everybody in the house tells everybody everything. They they don't have secrets. And so she didn't even think about it as I broke her trust. She was just like. We're in her and her husband are in it together to try to bond with this girl. And here's some information I have to explain why she's so closed off. Let's figure out how we can do this together. But it did. But from Deja's point of view, I could see why she thinks that it's betrayal. So, yeah. And she's it's going to be twice as hard to gain her trust now. Right. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think, the Kevin? Let's talk about the Kevin storyline really quick before we move on. Uh, what do you think about that? I wanted to say, jump in for a second and say something. Um, I thought that I agree that it's a great uh, overall. I didn't see this episode, but I am watching the series. I haven't caught up yet, but I think it's a great um, realistic family show. Probably the best uh, show of that type since Parenthood, uh, in my mind, which I loved also. And uh, you know, I. I I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Other than that. Um, yeah, that's it, though. <laughs> okay. What do you think of the Kevin storyline, Greg? Well, well the Kevin storyline, obviously, they're, they're leading us to that, you know, um, son begets father, right? Um, right. Um, and so, you know, they, they've already kind of established the pattern that um, – that uh, uh, Milo, gosh, I can't even remember characters' names. Milo, Milo, uh, Milo's dad was an alcoholic. Milo became an alcoholic, um, and then now um, Kevin is going to, I guess, because of this injury or this re-aggravated injury that w- that he had in high school for whatever reason, um, that he is going to somehow get um, or have a, have an issue with painkillers. Right, and, and so I think that it seems to, very obvious, though I'm not really caring yeah. about the storyline. Yeah, but and yeah, I know, and a lot of a lot of different television shows have have dealt with it, but uh, definitely timely in um, this, you know, in 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 our time frame with uh, all of the uh, uh, the op- op- opioid, excuse me, uh, uh, epidemic that's going on in the in the country. Yeah, I, I, I get that it's timely, but I feel like they've done this story 10,000 times. That's all. But, all right, let's move on. Uh, overall, This Is Us is amazing, even though Kevin's storyline is not as amazing right now. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I was not necessarily, I mean, I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but I wasn't in a rush to watch this episode. And then you, someone was like, oh, my God, you have to see it. And then when I watched it, I had this cheesy, cheesy smile on my face. Because I, first of all, I love that every year we have an episode for Halloween where they try to get yep. a crown. That's my, one of my favorite storylines. I love how they, the, all the craziness that happens when they try to get that belt or the crown or whatever it is. Belt, belt. The cummerbund? The, the, this year was the cummerbund, but last year I think it was actually a crown. But I like that the whole idea of it, and it's such, 
it's it it I think it was supposed to kind of be a team building thing, and now it's like I don't know if it tears the team apart because they all it's betray like Hunger each Games. Other. Yes, <laughs> they totally betray each other left and right to to win the Cumberbund. Um, and this week's episode, I like that it was totally unexpected how it ended. Yeah. Um, and it ended in a proposal. Yay. And I, and she was, uh, what is her name? Good Lord. She was like, if this is part of the game and you're just tricking me, I will kill you. And she's like, if not, I'm saying yes to the wedding proposal. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It, I mean, to me, the, um, that episode, I like the show a lot. I mean, I, I I'm not like a super fan, um, but I, I definitely enjoy it. But to me, that episode was nearly perfect in the way that it um, represented everything that's likable about the show. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it did a wonderful job showcasing everybody's comic abilities, uh, you know, really kind of um, accentuating their characteristics, you know. Um, and then it did a, just a... It, like charming. I mean, the, the smile, when you said smile on your face, I started to smile when you said smile on your face. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I just, it was heartwarming. It was romantic, it, but not in a saccharine cloying way, it, exactly in the way that they are. It was so believable, the proposal, um, you know, and again, yeah, the Halloween episode, having that thread from year to year. I mean, I definitely look forward to it. Like I look forward to a holiday, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is going to be funny. Um, and I, I actually think, how are they going to outdo themselves? Right. So in this Every episode, year, I think that. Every year, yeah, it gets yeah. more elaborate. Yeah, exactly. Talk about a trope. You're like, oh, they're going to steal from this and then this and then that's going to happen. And then, But it's like the way they do it, it's just hilarious It's and ingenious. So it's both. So it did a, just a great job of having and, and really if um, it wouldn't resonate with a non-viewer as much, obviously, because we're very invested in these characters. So I, I couldn't even recommend that episode and be like, oh, my God, if you want to watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine, watch this episode. No, I would actually it's, it's not, do the opposite. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not that kind Although it's perfect for me, it's not that kind of an episode. It's lots of in-jokes, and you have to really kind of watch the show. And then the big payoff is two characters that you really want to get together. They they get together. So, yeah, no, I, I, I knew I had a really strong feeling that you would like it, and, and I'm glad you watched it because I really thought it was adorable. Great, oh, yeah. great show. Because, I mean, it's not that I don't watch the show. Absolutely, I totally watch the show. It's just that I had two sitting on my DVR that I hadn't gotten to. And right. it was because you told me, oh, you got to watch this. I was like, oh, let me go ahead. And I did. And it was fantastic. So thank you. Yep. So Good. thumbs up for me. This episode was probably the strongest they've had all season, if not in the last Easily. couple of seasons. It was fantastic. Easily. So yep. absolutely thumbs up for me. Uh, next yep. up, let's talk about The Flash for five minutes. Because this one was apparently uh, a kind of decisive a little. I mean... I don't know if anybody's going to say this episode was brilliant because it really wasn't, but I do like the idea that there are consequences from Barry's actions from last season, which was, you know, he sacrificed himself to save the world, yay, but he's been gone for six months and there are going to be consequences for that. And he kind of came back like nothing happened and he didn't expect anything to happen and he didn't acknowledge that everybody was different now. And, like goofy though he came back even a little goofy yeah well i think he was overcompensating i think he was being super cheerful to compens to overcompensate for the fact that he didn't want anything to be different so if he was super cheerful then nobody would say anything and everybody would be happy 
that he's back and that's all he had to deal with. But uh, I like that uh, Iris was like, no, we can't just do that. There are other, there are, there are consequences. There are things we have to deal with. And even though they tried to play the therapy as like a joke, it actually got to something real. So I, I thought that was good. I don't even remember what they were trying to fight this week. Was it? What no, was it? it was the it was the techno computer virus. The computer yeah. virus, dude. Oh, yeah. that was lame. Yeah, I didn't like that either. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that's they, why they, I, they, I erased yeah, it from they, my memory. They apparently. tried to crash a Tesla and then they didn't. Oh, I knew they weren't going to crash that Tesla. I was I, the whole time that they, they that that car is going through the street. I was like, they are not going to crash a two hundred fifty thousand dollar car. And I'm, really? that's all I was thinking about through the whole. I was like, how are they going to avoid actually crashing that car? And then they absolutely do it. They completely avoided by having Barry take the car apart really fast, and it's just a seat that crashes. I was like, yep. I thought that was cool, actually. It I was thought cool, that was really fun to watch. That, except that I knew they weren't. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, they're not going to crash that Tesla. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's okay. But again, it's like, even if you can guess something, that, like, that's what I'm trying to say is, but how are they going to do it? You know, what oh, that's, that's surprise true. me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that to me, and, and just visually, I thought it was kind of funny. It was fun. It was just, but here's you know. the thing. It's like, so he spent all that time, like, trying to take the car apart. When, why didn't he just save the guy in the inside? I mean, well, that because been... they weren't going to crash that Tesla. If he had done that, <laughs> if he had just ran, got in the car, uh, grabbed the guy out, the Tesla would have crashed. And I was like, how are they going to do this and not crash the car? Nobody said it was logical, Greg. I'm just saying it was fun to watch, you know? I mean, I agree with you. It was ridiculous, but I don't care. It's a, you know, it's not a realistic show. Uh, what were your problems? You were saying you didn't really didn't like this episode, Greg. What, what were your overall Yeah, I want to hear this. Oh, well, okay. Um, I guess, you know, with regards to uh, superhero television shows, I mean, I want to see you know, okay, there's bad guy, and how is, you know, our hero going to defeat the bad guy, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, every time that they, they go into this, oh, Barry and and Iris have to sit down and talk about their feelings, I just, I just groan. I just can't <laughs> deal with it. I'm just like, really, how many minutes are you going to spend on, you know, Barry messing up or or Barry not trusting her or not telling her something and then she getting upset about it and then they have to have a talk. Or so him you're saying you're not, really, or, you're not invested in Barry and Iris is what you're talking about. I am about. not. And that whole thing about, <laughs> oh, you're not the Flash. We are the Flash. I was like, I almost threw up in my mouth. I just, <laughs> it was, I'm, I'm going to give you that one, Greg. That's why I wanted to hear what you didn't like about it. I will give you that. I absolutely, yeah. I, I groaned. They, they there was an not, audible groan in my house. Uh, they are not my ship. So I'm I'm not going to like jump on you guys to defend them. But I did think she had a valid point in wanting to talk about their relationship. I Um, agree with you. That actually was realistic. I did. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. Especially because of the twist. Especially because it turns out that it really wasn't about like him taking over and being, you know, controlling it, you know, as, as he gets back. I mean, sure, it started with that. But it was just her breaking down and being like, how could you leave me? You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So it felt real. So I don't have a problem with that. But yes, the moment where she's like, we're the Flash. And I was like, are you? Like, that was my reaction. I I was more like like, questioning. I was like, how is that a thing? Okay. Um, But let's move on. Uh, So I'm going to say, I don't think anybody particularly loved the Flash this week. All right. uh, Next up, we're going to talk. I'm not going to watch anymore. Like, I've completely got, you know, like, just given up on Arrow. Uh, But I'm hoping it gets better. 
Okay. That's valid. Wait, and I want to say this though. Then I thought I I did not like the premiere. I wasn't on the podcast when you guys were talking about it, so I don't know what the temperature of the room was. But um, uh, I I did not like the premiere, and I thought, oh God, is this going to be like a you know indication of the season, and am I going to have to you know send this the way of you know onto the trash heap? Um, so I did think that this episode was better than the first, and I am also not going to stop watching it. I don't love it, but I certainly like it better than legends so you know i'm definitely going to keep watching because i'm like well at least this is the better the the lesser of two evils i guess so yeah i'll watch it and i do hope that it'll get better i have some hope that it'll get better uh next up we're going to talk about kevin will probably save the world and i continue to enjoy this show i mean does it make sense no is it uh saccharine yes i don't care because yep. I think uh, Ritter is hilarious and charming and fun, and I want to see what he's going to do. And he sucks at lying, and he's a babbling idiot, and he's just a joy to watch. So, yep, yeah. Absolutely. You know, I, I thought this was high concept, you know, when I heard about it. Well, I didn't really understand it. The trailers didn't make it that clear to me, you know. And then the premiere, I thought, oh, dear Lord, how are they going to pull this off? Um and uh, it's not like I don't have a heart, but I definitely have like a sensitivity to like, you know, the sugar co- content in, in shows. You know what I mean? So I thought, oh, I don't know if they're going to win me over. And in fact, my roommate and I were in the room when we were watching the, the um, premiere and we were kind of a little bit distracted and we both kind of rolled our eyeballs and thought, well, this is terrible. And I thought, well, that's not fair. I wasn't really paying attention. So I sat down and watched the premiere. And then I, uh, you know, and then I, I definitely was like, oh, this is this might have some real potential. And I'm just going to echo what you said. He's he, The show itself is good, but what is so great about the show, what just really does make it so you want to watch it, is him. He's so charming. He's so likable. He's a little quirky, you know, quirkism. And then, you know, in the show, this episode, the, one of the characters even did say something like, they were talking about his looks or whatever. Uh, and she was like, you know, well, he's not bad looking, you know, and in a cute, quirky, weird way or something. And, and I thought it was funny because, I mean, he's not unattractive, but they just, they nailed his character. And so I think that, um, I think the show, I really want to tell people to watch the show. Like, I don't think a lot of people are watching it. I don't know anyone that even, you know, has heard of it really. Um, and I think it's a, it's a sleeper. I, I really hope it kind of you know, gather steam and stuff. And personally, I got to say this out loud. If there, because I know with the the world, the way that it is right now, I think it's great that there's a show like this that's just real kind of simple and down-homey and charming and fun. And I prefer the show so much more than the heartwarming and feel-good uh, the Good Doctor. I mean, I know they're completely different shows. You know what I mean. And one is definitely more comedy than the other. But if we're just talking about heartwarming, yeah, I, this is like a nice cup of tea. Put on some, you know, warm slippers. You know what I mean, and sit on the couch and just laugh and smile. It's it's a great show. I um I like this week's was about the whole wedding thing where he's actually supposed to break up a wedding, which makes yeah, which Good is fun. counterintuitive. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like how they, though that moment where he's trying to force her to make a confession and then he ends up with a black eye. Oh, that was great. That was yeah. cute. I mean, yeah, no, it, it, a little bit of a surprise. I wasn't guessing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, thumbs cute. up. Yeah, this was absolutely thumbs up for me. If you guys aren't watching, you should give it a shot. I, I really I just want to, a shot. Go ahead. I just want to say something, too. Just, I haven't, again, it's a show that I watched, but I haven't caught up on. Um, I started out, I think, after the first episode or two had had aired and uh or what i don't know what episode it's on now but um you know i thought when i saw the promo i was like "Mm, could be you know could be stupid but it ended up being charming like you said i mean like everybody was saying or 
like the previous comments were, I agree with completely. It's just, it's a, you know, he's charismatic enough to carry that and make the premise not that important to the show. It's, it's just yep. a feel good and a, yep. you know, he's, his charisma is uh, what makes the show work and he's, uh, yep. he's, he's good in it. So uh, I, I recommend it too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Right. Everybody go out there and start it. Try it. <laughs> You'll okay. like it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the blacklist and this week's episode. It's, it was a little bit of uh, nature versus nurture and what's going on with Liz and she's trying to follow in Red's footsteps because it's like now that she knows he's her dad, she's very much sort of following his lead a lot more than she did before. And I like that her boss brought that to her face and was like, look, <laughs> that doesn't make you a good FBI agent and it's yeah. making you a different kind of person. And I like that he was cautioning her. And she, I think she's just so excited to know who he is that it's got, she's got blinders on right now. Yeah, uh, I, I, I yeah. agree. I think that uh, um, it's, it's interesting. I don't know that, I don't know that how the transition was handled be, before she was, before she knew um, that he was her father to now. I mean, I, I know that that makes sense that she's kind of more like, well, I guess I should accept it. And he's kind of, uh, a better influence or whatever, or she accepts his influence more, but I don't know that I bought the, her deliberating in her head or whatever, or what, what happened to get her there. Well, the um, thing is, I think she always knew. I think she knew from the, she asks him in season one, if he's her father. Right. So she's always kind of believed that he was her father and she's been moving in this direction. And finally, when she now has the evidence, I think this is her kind of way of celebrating that. Yeah, but I, it's it's the turmoil that, you know, I could imagine if I found out that, even though I suspected, if I found out that was actually true, I didn't see enough of what I thought there should be in her in her inner monologue or whatever um, going on to get to where she is now. Now, I agree, it, it, it works with knowing what we know about the characters' relationships and so forth. So I think it was it was not necessarily the transition didn't work for me, but but where she's at it makes sense and I and I like it. It's a it's a different place. So they you know, that's something that good shows do is you take take you to a different place to lead the story somewhere else that you haven't been before rather than rehashing things over and over unless right. of course it's just one of those procedurals that goes through the same exact motions with different characters and different <laughs> things. But Oh, and I like um, yeah. the moral ambiguity of this week's episode with right. the blacklister and, like, what would you do? And I right. like the moment also where Red, when he watched, the, because basically the mother has to sacrifice herself to save her son's life. And I liked how when Red watched her do it, he was thinking, do I, would I have the courage to do the same thing for mm. Liz? And I thought that was fantastic, too. Yeah, I, I I like that too. It's like, you know, it's a blacklister, so she's obviously a bad person, but you re, you see the good and the bad um, in that person, and uh, you find out that ultimately she makes that sacrifice, which is a you know heroic thing to do. So uh, it's interesting. I don't I don't know when I saw that. I missed the the plot point where the transition from her going around trying to to find all these other people. With the with the golden blood, to it being she's the only one that can do it. Well, it was a matter of Red told her the cops are going to be here in five minutes, 
So oh, if the cops get here, they're going to arrest you and your son. They're going to send him home to die. So we have to leave. And but, once they left, was, then her only choice was to use herself. But what was the search for? What was she trying to do with all those people? I didn't understand oh, how she, that. Oh, she needed enough blood. She needed enough blood donors. And she needed someone to give a heart. So she needed one right, person to die to take the heart. And she needed several other people to give enough blood. Right. So. Uh, anyway, we got to move on. Uh, we got two more shows to talk about real quick. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Supernatural and Greg, you saw this, right? Yeah, sure did. So are you buying the conflict of this season of is Lucifer's son good or evil? And then you have the two brothers divided on whether they believe his son is good or evil. Well, I mean... I mean, ultimately, I think they're they're trying to do this inner struggle um, and trying to make it so that, oh, well, maybe if he spends enough time with the Winchesters, then he'll have an appreciation for humanity and he won't be evil and that sort of thing. But considering that they keep flashing back to the alternate universe where Lucifer is, um, uh, Lucifer and their mom is, um, I kind of have a feeling that they're going to find their way out of there some way. And then Lucifer is going to, you know, get a hold of his son or whatever. I mean, you have to have a big bad, right? So well, Lucifer is obviously a big bad, so I think you got that covered. Well, but yeah, but you know, if they're if if I don't know, if the Nephilim, I guess, ends up being good, then you know, it, it's really kind of a fizzled out storyline. So I no, think we're really, gonna. Have to... I think he. I actually think that. Well, I mean, if you don't have the Nephilim, because basically the angels are a bunch of jerks at this point. So you don't really have any angel allies, and the demons are obviously bad guys. And then if you bring Lucifer back, you're going to have bad guys. How would the, the Winchesters fight against Lucifer if he gets back without the Nephilim on their side? Because if you like you're saying, the Nephilim goes evil, then every the world's screwed. That's it. Done. There's nothing to stop him. Well, so unless, I think he has to be. You know, unless, unless somehow, somewhere along the lines, you know, because the reason why they were going to take him back to the bunker anyway... Is just trying to find out a way to kill him, and so well, we'll that find was out. the reason why Dean was taking him back. But yes, yeah, some super cool spell thing that they can use. You know, yeah, happen. but that's still that just kills him. That doesn't deal with Lucifer. You think if they kill Lucifer's son, he's going to be like, all right, we're cool. You think that's going to be the thing? I don't think so. I think they need the the Nephilim to be a good guy in order to counter uh, Lucifer. Because I think you're right. Lucifer's going to get back, and then what? So that's just my opinion. And I like that Mary now has to deal with this guy. Uh, their dynamic is pretty amusing. So thumbs up for me. I'm interested to see where this season is going. Not every season of Supernatural is like that, but I'm hoping this. The only thing I'm worried about is next week looks like a standalone. I hate their standalone episodes. I used to like them, but now I hate them because they yeah. just repeat themselves. Well, I think it would be more interesting. I mean, they kind of hinted, you know, because there is a Bobby in the alternate universe, um, and I would like to see Bobby come back. Oh, absolutely. But that doesn't help us with the standalone episode of next week. All right. Uh, let's wrap that one up. I'm hopeful for Supernatural this season. How about that? Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Good Place, and this was called The Trolley Problem. And I loved it. I mean, one, The Trolley Problem in itself I actually had never heard this problem before because apparently I don't take enough philosophy classes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like the idea 
of the problem that it presented morality. Like, if you have to choose between, say, uh, killing one person and killing four, what do you do? And then flipping it around to, okay, now you're a doctor and these four people need organs. Do you kill the one patient to save the four? Like, it seems like the same thing, but it's not. And dealing with those, like, I thought all that was interesting. Thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, I, I'll just, I'll rebut that last statement that you made. I, I didn't, I mean, it, that's totally different because as a doctor, you are to, you know, your oath is to do no harm. Yeah, so but, that's mean, me, I thought I was know, a specious that, argument. It wasn't, well, a, it a, wasn't a good example. That's an argument for example. a doctor, but they, they weren't asking a doctor, they're asking you who hasn't taken the oath. No, fine, but fine, but fair point. But, but to me, I mean, I don't know. I just put myself in the role of a doctor. I don't know how you're going to get harvest those organs and do whatever. I mean, I guess if you were the administrator and you were making that decision, but, um, but no, I, and I had heard of that. I did take a, unfortunately an actual philosophy class in, <laughs> in college. So Kant and all of that, all those other names, um, Kierkegaard and all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, no, I, what I liked about the episode and I agree with you, even though I, you know, I know that premise. Um, uh, I loved how, uh, it affected Michael in the end. It's my Michael, right? Is, it, yeah. is that Kat Danson's character? Yeah. So, um, I kind of sort of was like, where's this going? I, you know, this isn't that interesting in terms of the, the, the crisis of the moral dilemma. Um, and, you know, but, but it, I, I did think the payoff at the end of the episode was, was good where Michael just kind of admitted to, he was continuing to torture them because, you know, he didn't really want to participate, you know what I mean? And then he had his little epiphany or he had his little breakdown and, and whatever. So it was all great. I will say this, I don't have much more to say about it. It was not my favorite episode at all. Um, definitely probably my, one of my, well, besides the premiere, which you, you all know how much I hated, um, uh, I, I think it was my least favorite of the entire run, you know, first season wow. and this one. Yeah. But, but wait, that doesn't mean I hated it. I just, you know, it's a high bar because I really love, love, love the show. So definitely didn't hate it. But here's the one thing I will say. I did not like the graphic um, smushing of brains and blood like over <laughs> and over again. I did not find that funny. It was a little jarring for the tone of the show. You know what I mean? I mean, I clearly kept telling myself, that's just blueberry juice. That's blueberries. And, you know, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. But then they gave me a foot, like just in case I wasn't like enough, you know, it wasn't enough. I thought, oh, I don't, I mean, it, it was weird. I really thought it, it took me out of it a little bit of the funniness of it, the farcicalness of it. Um, so that was a little disturbing. But in general, I just love this show. So you're not really going to get me to, you know, say that the episode was bad, um, but it was, I think it was one of my least favorite. Still great, you know, but I thought the, the blood thing was a little much. Greg, what'd you think? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess the, the blood and guts thing didn't really bother me as much. It didn't but, bother me. Uh, um, it really bothered me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, as I'm watching it and they're, they're you know, going through the exercise like over and over and then finally they realize, wait a minute, you're torturing us again. It's like, it's almost like Michael kind of just, like snapped back into his like old ways. Uh, yeah, and I just thought that Ted Danson, like when he broke out, you know, laughing when they finally figured out that he was just torturing them, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so overall, but I mean, I personally also like the shrimp dispensary. I thought that was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. So there were some some really good nuggets in there, and I like the cheaty. I have to say, Ted Danson's, uh, also his acting, where he was like, what, you want an apology where I say blah, 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 And <laughs> Chidi was like, yes. 
And then he proceeded to do an apology, which was like, almost made me cry. Saying the exact same words he said five seconds ago. And I was like, yeah. whoa, that was, that was impressive. That was impressive. Uh, he's great. He's a great actor. He can do drama and comedy. Yes. Pathos and, you know, puns. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just really quick before we get out of here, David, did you, I don't, I don't think you watched this week's episode, right? I didn't. Again, it's a show I watched, but I haven't caught up because I have other things to do, like live. What? <laughs> but, but do you like it? Oh, what? So we're all a bunch of losers. I have nothing to do but watch TV. Um, Your words, I'm, <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm up till three o'clock in the morning cramming shows like it's a midterm, you know? It's like an economics okay. in, midterm. I so I don't know about walk, you. I would be the walking dead if I did that. I would just, you know, I'd be on the show. I'd be one of them because just I can't. <laughs> Get that little sleep. Anyway, yeah. all right. Uh, did you? But did you? Do you like the show in general? Like I'm curious. Show. I do like the show. It took me a little getting used to because it it's a little different from I think everything else that's on TV right now. It reminds me of the Pushing Daisies, where it's that that farce, that um, surrealistic, you know, uh, thing. And uh, uh, but I like uh, Kristen Bell and and Ted Anson, and and I like these other people. Uh, the other characters are interesting, and and even the was the episode where they were going through the, the motions. He, his plan was cycling through a thousand times or whatever. I was like, they're doing exactly the same thing, but it's kind of like a running gag and it was funny. And, and so, you know, the, I, I, I still want to see where they're going with the plot, but it's, it's just, you know, comedies are not about plot for me generally. So it's, it's the characters and the jokes. And I think it's funny enough and I'm, I'll, I'll keep watching. So uh, uh, I will catch up. Alright, so uh, wrapping up, if you guys have any questions or comments, send them to tvcampfiresgmail.com, talk to Twitter, we're on Facebook, you can listen to us on goodpointradio.com, click on Radio We Now Plus, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.